You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, and welcome to another fabulous episode of Dear Multi-Hyphenate. I'm your host, Michael Kushner. As always, thank you for listening. Thank you to the Broadway Podcast Network. If you love this episode and other episodes, this is a reminder for you to go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review, rate, comment, share, all that good stuff. And please follow on social media at the Michael Kushner or at Dear Multi Hyphenate. Hi. <laughs> I'm, uh, I, I just had a weekend in Disney, a very impromptu trip. I wanted to take my fiance. I just finished my first semester teaching at NYU Strasbourg Theater Business, and it was wonderful, and I'm so inspired by <clears throat> these young adults who are heading into the theater industry. So I wanted to celebrate and do a really relaxing trip in Disney. It was not relaxing at all. We got so much done. Remy and I didn't fight at all, which is incredible, because, you know, it's it's not always easy being in a relationship with me, <laughs> but um, we didn't fight at all. We had a great time. We were very chill. That was our joke the whole time. We were like, because I'm usually very rigid in Disney being like, no, we have to do this at eight. And then by 8.15, we have to be here. But things are different. I'm chill now. And we actually got so much more done. Um, but it wasn't relaxing at all because, you know, we walk 10 miles each day and there's so much to take in and do and deal with people that don't know how to walk and the sidewalks, you know, things like that. And it was amazing. It was great. We, you know, I used to sing in the candlelight processional in high school during, um, uh, you know, the Christmas season in the American Pavilion and in Epcot and <laughs> well, I'm Jewish, of course, but you know, it's 15 Christmas songs Disneyfied and I was under with that 87 piece Disney orchestra and under those Disney lights and a Disney park and you better believe I was singing for Jesus. For for that for those for for that 30 minutes I was I was singing for, with, to, about Jesus. <laughs> um, it really is such a beautiful show. The orchestrations are incredible. And 
yeah, saw some, you know, did my favorite rides, the Haunted Mansion, which Remy proposed to me on. We got engaged, you know, in March, but he did, he, he reproposed to me in the ballroom of the Haunted Mansion, which was very cute because that's one of my favorite places in the world, specifically the ballroom in the Haunted Mansion. And it was just a lovely trip. I've seen some incredible shows. How about that? Last night, I saw Gavin Creel's new work, Walking, what is it called? <laughs> Walk on Through. Uh, about how he used the Metropolitan Museum of Art to re-inspire him as an artist. And it was just such a beautiful show that as a multi-hyphenate, he wrote, performed, and wrote, he wrote the book, music, lyrics, and starred in. He also played the piano in it. Talk about multi-hyphenate, right? Gotta get him on my podcast. And something I was incredibly moved by was plays for the plague year at the public theater um that's coming back to the public in april so please see it if you can it it was just amazing i also loved k-pop and you know if there is a show on broadway that needs your support support them don't wait until they post the closing show Go buy tickets. Go buy tickets. You know? Don't wait until the show post-closing, a closing notice. Go buy tickets. Also, my book, How to Be a Multi-Hyphenate in the Theater Business, Conversations, Advice, and Tips from Dear Multi-Hyphenate, is coming out on February 10th, 2023. It's published by Rutledge Publishing, and you can pre-order it through the Rutledge website or Amazon. And it's going to be sold at the Drama Bookshop here in New York. It will also be sold other locations, uh, but I'll announce that soon. And I'm really excited for it to come out. It features today's guest, Ken Davenport, but um, it also features insight from Rachel Brosnahan and Tony Yazbek and Lee Silverman and Bob the Drag Queen. So many incredible artists, and I really, really hope you enjoy it. So pre-order it now. Let's get on to the episode. It's a great conversation. It's basically Producing 101, featuring the incredible Ken Davenport, who is a two-time Tony Award-winning Broadway producer whose credits include A Beautiful Noise, which is currently running on Broadway, Joy, which is at George Street Playhouse, which we talk about, Once on This Island, The Play That Goes Wrong, Groundhog Day, Deaf West Theater's Spring Awakening, It's Only a Play, starring Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick. I'm not going to say that because I'm in... I'm in my studio, but The Scottish Play, starring Alan Cumming, Godspell, Kinky Boots, The Visit, as well as the off-Broadway productions of Alter Boys, The Awesome 80s Prom, and many more. You gotta read up on Ken Davenport because his bio spans years and incredible work, so, so do that. And the way that you can follow Ken Davenport is in this episode. Okay, bye. Enjoy the episode. Bye. Hi, Ken Davenport. How are you? Hello, Michael Kushner. How are you? I'm doing well. We haven't spoke, we haven't chatted in, in, in a second, but the last time we chatted, it was such a helpful conversation because you are one of a hundred plus artists that's featured in my upcoming book, How to Be a Multi-Hyphenate in the Theater Industry. And we had such a great conversation about producing 
and you really shared some incredible insight about like what producing is and um and how producing works and i want to you know i don't know if you your uh your insight has changed but what you said in the book was that producing is all about getting people in the room has it changed anything you want to add no that's <laughs> that's it you know look it's about putting people in a room and what i mean by that of course is if I come up with an idea for a show, like for example, I am coming to you from Seattle, Washington right now, where I am putting up the Griswold's Broadway vacation at the famed Fifth Avenue Theater, brand new musical. And you know, years ago, I had this idea to do a musical based on the vacation movie franchise. And okay, I've got an idea, now what? Well, this comes the part where I think all producers, business owners, entrepreneurs, what we do, but especially in the theater, because unless you're Lin-Manuel Miranda, you can't do it all by yourself, right? Like takes a very gifted human being. Uh, and even he couldn't actually, he needed his cabinet, right? He needed Andy and Tommy and the whole bit. So that's what I do. I come up with ideas and then I get people in a room to help me execute it. In this case, David Rossmer and Steve Rosen writers, I throw them in a room. Donna Fiore director, throw them in a room. Eventually we throw actors in a room and eventually we throw an audience in the same room. Uh, and all of that from the marketing to get the audience there, the investors, the co-producers to get them there, all of it is, uh, that's what a producer does. I love that so much. How is the show going? Lindsay Nicole Chambers and Dave Rosen are two very dear friends. So how's the show? Are you excited about it? What's going on? Spill the tea, Ken. Yeah, listen. Uh, the, the rehearsal room, the theater before a musical is born, like the delivery room, if you will, um, the labor room, it's like my happy place. Like making a new musical is just the most fun thing. It's stressful. It's high stakes. It's like, oh my gosh, what should we change now? But this is why I got into the business, to be in the room where it is happening. And mm -hmm. it's going very well. These characters are so beloved. But you know, we're doing something different. We're, we're telling the next chapter in the story. We're not doing the movie on stage. We're, they went to Wally World, they went to Europe, they went to Vegas. Now the characters that you know from those movies are going to Broadway and Broadway vacation. So it's a new spin on the movie franchise to musical phenomenon. It's so exciting. I, I cannot wait. I was, I was so tempted to actually fly out to Seattle because I had never been to Seattle and everyone says it's such a great town. Um, and I wanted to see the show, but I think I'm going to wait until it gets to New York. But what do you think, you know, I have one of Broadway's leading producers here with me right now. So I'm going to take advantage of the situation. Where is it? I don't know. Where is it? Like, <laughs> oh, I was I, talking I just, about... I just looked around. <laughs> I, was talk, I was talking about me, Ken. Oh, yes, Sorry. of course. Sorry. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I, I, what makes Seattle... A great town to try out in what are the what are the pros also conversely like what are the negatives what are you working through that you're like oh maybe uh maybe seattle isn't the best place to try out this like oh, talk openly with me because of a lot of producers that listen to this podcast and one of the biggest questions i get when it comes to producing is how how do i get started how do i know this stuff so what is seattle like for producing a new musical well, it's a really good question. It's a timely one because I have the good fortune and the blessing of doing four tryouts of new musicals this year. So we, wow. started, we started in the spring with Harmony at the Yiddish Theater downtown in New York, uh, Boston for A Beautiful Noise, the Neil Diamond musical, which is coming into Broadway in a yes. couple months. 
uh, vacation in, the, in Seattle and joy in New Jersey. And those are four very different places to try out new musicals. And mm -hmm. for producers, when you are looking, you don't just take any theater that pops up. It really is a, a discussion and a strategy on like, where is the best place for this show? And the things that I take into account are the audience, mm -hmm. right? Like where mm -hmm. is the audience for the show that I'm not only gonna get support that will come to see it, but also that I'll learn the most from, right? right? Tryouts are not, this is our research and development phase. This is our test phase. We are testing our product to see how it works. It's the first time anyone's ever gotten their hands on it. So we want an audience that is smart, savvy, like theatrically savvy. They know their stuff. They can give good feedback. And mm -hmm. Seattle specifically has a fantastically intelligent theatrical community. They have great regional theaters here, right? Seattle Rep, like all these great places. Um, ACT, the Contemporary Theater, like the tremendous theaters. So Boston was different though for Beautiful Noise. Boston, you know, they sing Sweet Caroline at the Red Sox very famously every, you know, eighth inning. Of course I wanted to be into that community, which I knew they would have tremendous support for that show. And also I knew that if Neil Diamond was in town and went to Fenway, it would be a big story. And sure enough, it was a big story. So there was a press component there. Joy is going to the uh, George Street Playhouse in New Jersey. Joy Mangano is a local girl. She's from mm -hmm. Long Island. I wanted to do that show close to where she grew up and where people really know and root for, for her. So everyone is very specific. Now, you have four shows that you're working on. One, you're the book writer of, correct? You're the, you're, uh, yeah, I wrote yeah. Uh, Writing Joy. That's incredible. I mean, talk about a multi-hyphenate, which we'll get into more about that soon. But um, what is your inbox like? <laughs> Should I share my screen with you? Oh, my God. Um, um, no, it's um, look, I, I, am an, <laughs> I will just tell you this very like specifically. I'm an inbox zero person. Oh, wow. I, I do not go to bed without their without all the in, in emails cleared from my home primary inbox. Maybe there's a couple on a late tech day, um, but I'm a big, I put, if I can't answer it, it goes into a folder that says answer later. So I am a person that tries to keep all the stuff straight. I'm a big processes and systems and to do task management software person to make sure I can juggle the four balls plus all the other things that I have going on in my life, including you talk about multi-hyphenate, you know, Yes, I'm a producer. Yes, I'm a writer. One of the most important uh, hyphens in my name is I'm a dad and I'm a husband. I mean, I'm a big believer for multi-hyphenates out there listening. Like your responsibilities to your family, your friends, those things that you want to do, that's part of your hyphens. That, that should be right there. Of course. You know, we're all humans first. And, and I think that's sort of what's really exciting about how, the direction that the industry is going is that there's a lot more humanity. Um, there's there's more compassion going into the industry. There's more um, thought about the other, which this industry can be a very self-focused endeavor. It could be very, very me, 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 you know, I-centric. And, you know, being a multi-hyphenate, it's while it seems like it's even more self-centered because you're like, here's five different things that I do and I get hired for. It's actually so much more about the other, in my opinion, 
because you are trying to problem solve, because you are trying to tell different stories and 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 center other people's perspectives and hot you get to also hire people as a producer you get to literally provide income for people and that's not a very self-centered thing that's a very uh, uh economically responsible thing to do a producer which is kind of really cool yeah, that's what business owners, which what producers are, really do. They That's why small businesses are the backbone of America. You'll hear politicians say this all the time. And producers are part of that. Anyone that it doesn't have to be a producer. If you're some, a writer out there who's like, I'm going to do a reading for my show. I'm going to do a workshop. And you get people in a room. You've just hired people. You've, you've, you've really done a service to your community. So you should be applauded for that not have people roll their eyes because oh you think you can do everything that's it's an amazing amazing accomplishment to be able to do several things at once and finally this industry and the world i believe is starting to applaud people for doing that instead of rolling their eyes i mean look i had someone tell me i said oh i'm doing shows i'm doing this i'm doing that oh who wrote that one ken i said i did they were like oh well forget it i'm not i i'm like, see, I have a problem there because you also wrote it. I said, you know what's interesting? Maybe you should read it first. <laughs> like, why is it you have a gut reaction to that? You don't know what it is. Read it and tell me if you like it or don't. And if you don't, no problem. I will find someone that does or I will make it better or whatever that is. But to specifically judge someone just because they also did something else, that's just, I feel for those people because it's limiting their options. It's limiting their, their choices, and they may just miss out on the next Lin-Manuel Miranda, right? Whoever that may be. Like, can you imagine if someone said that to him? I mean, you know, when I first moved to the city and I was, you know, dabbling with photography, one woman that I knew my whole life, because I've been in the industry 22 years, I started as a child actor, and one woman that I, I knew for most of that time was at this event that I was photographing and she looked at me up and down and went, you're doing this now. And I was mortified and heartbroken because I was like, I guess what I'm doing is not, is not success. Like it's not success. And like, I am someone that is often, you know, uh, comparing myself. Comparison is something that I have had to overcome uh, mul many times, multiple times throughout my life. And I, I immediately saw myself as a failure because they saw me as a failure and it took a lot of soul searching. And that's, and I, and I, it, it, that's the same feeling that I would have if someone, if I were to be like, Hey, can, are you, could you invest in this? Could you potentially produce this? Who wrote it? I did. No, absolutely not. Like that's, that's not how we, that's not how I want to, uh, uh, communicate and and do and work in this industry that's not I don't have any interest in that it's uh, there's so much more possibility and there's so much there's so much more outcome good outcome if we just go sure let's take a crack at it let me read it first I, I don't understand that yeah it's so interesting because it's it's specific to <clears throat> our industry versus the business world like in the business world if you invent a product, I think about products a lot because Joy Mangano, that's what she did. She invented, like if you invent a product, you are the creator of that thing. 
right? You are an artist. Yeah. You just designed a thing, you created, you made it out of nothing, and then you have to raise the money for it. Mm -hmm. So you're producing it yourself, right? All those people that go on Shark Tanks, they're raising the money, they're doing the things. No one says, Ugh, how dare you? No, that's what they do. That's what Sarah Blakely had to do for Spanx. That's what Mark Zuckerberg had to do for Facebook, like all of it. They create something, then they raise it. But in our industry, people roll their eyes, which is why I now, listen, you mentioned success. I have a new definition of it, which is success is doing what you love with people you love and who love you. Like mm -hmm. that is it. So if you're happy doing whatever it is you're doing and the people and you have people around you that love it as well, and if, and if not, you don't have those people, go find them. They are out there. Go find your tribe. I don't know when artists removed f creativity away from what they do. I have a lot of clients that come in my headshot session and they don't realize that they can create in the studio with me and that's where I ask everyone to start from is a place of creativity and openness who is the person that I'm that I'm photographing what is their story just think about it I ask you to like sing a song in your mind go over lyrics tell me lyrics that you love let's put on a playlist give me treat this like it's a self-tape or treat this like it is a rehearsal room you can put creativity into everything you do even the things where it comes to negotiating the the table work can be just as creative as actually getting on your feet this is show business but it is the business of show and we are still creative there's no reason why we have to sort of shut down opportunities before we've even had the chance to be able to play and that is i love the way that you're talking about success because a successful headshot session for me is someone that is able to play Someone that is able to let go and go, oh my gosh, I'm going to tell this specific story. Let's see what happens with it. They get out of their head, the nerves fall apart, and the photos are stunning because of how specific they are. All it takes is just imagination and the willingness to play, and I think you have success on your hands already. I totally agree. Totally agree. So we were talking about Inbox before. Now, because producing it there's such a and i think you do such a great job of staying accessible to young producers on your social media you know you have your whiteboard uh quotes which are so cool so awesome feel so um there's such a classroom aspect to it which i love being in the classroom and um our classrooms look just differently these days but you uh how how would you say since you are an inbox zero kind of guy which i'm like an inbox 10 percent sort of guy there's some things where i'm like i gotta sit on that one for a second um how would you say to a how would you let's start here how would you field um questions and queries and emails that are like i have this show i want you to read it because I can imagine that you get lots of emails of people being like, I just wrote this play. I would love for you to read it. I would love for you to be the, uh, you, you know, the the general producer of this, the lead producer of this. Like, how do you decide 
what you're going to go through with or when you're going to read the play? What are your boundaries? What's your creative process? It's a very good question. And, uh, you know, as I've done more stuff and as I've put more stuff out there in the world, I've had to really come up with more of a process and a filtering mm -hmm. process for all that. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to spend time with my daughter on the playground or be here in Seattle. Like it's all those things. And that's really about why one of the skills for all of us multi-hyphenates out there, time management is such an essential part of it. Um, so, and listen, first of all, let me say, I encourage those emails. I love it. Please, if you're listening, go to kendavenport.com. There's a contact and you'll find it and how, send me an email on what you're doing and we will route it to the appropriate place in whatever your questions are about theater. Um, so, because I just believe, look, I believe the world is a better place if there's more theater in it. There's only more theater in it if there are people out there making it. So I do everything I can to help inspire, educate people to make more theater. Does that mean I can produce every show? Unfortunately not. I would do a disservice to the shows that I have going on right now, which by the way, to your point about it's not about me, I would do mm -hmm. a disservice to the actors, the directors, the investors, the designers, and the audiences of the shows that I have right now if I just did 100 shows. Mm -hmm. So I can't do everything. I, I describe it as um, you're, I eat, I'm eating a meal, and I've got a few different things on the plate, and I'm not putting something else on the plate until I've finished one meal, and for that mm -hmm. is getting it up on its feet and out there in the world. Um, so... What I do is I certainly I will I, I all the stuff that comes in I read myself. So some, some email to me that comes to the website goes right to me. I take a look at it and I look for things that pop out. So I look for things someone I may know, um, you know, a, a Broadway A-lister emailed me the other day. I was like, oh, amazing! I'm such a huge fan of this person. Let me talk to this person. Um, so or if they've been referred to me by someone. Then I look for ideas or things that I like, like that's intriguing to me. I treat it almost like an audience member would, like, oh, I would buy a ticket to that. Huh, what do I do with that? Mm -hmm. And then because I'm in this place right now where it's hard for me to do a lot of shows, if I can't do it myself, right, I then try to, I just don't say no. What I try to do is point them to a place that can help. You know, this is why I, I have my blog, the podcast, like all the stuff that I did. We're constantly directing people like, check out this blog, check out this resource, check out Michael Kushner's podcast. Like I refer people to lawyers and all sorts of things like to try and just get things going for them. And then the big thing we do is, you know, I founded the Theater Makers Studio, mm -hmm. which is a masterclass like community for people who want to make more theater. And we've built this up into a huge community now with a ton of resources. It's like 100 hours of training and pitch nights to Broadway producers, resources, collaboration agreements, all sorts of stuff. So often I will send people to my strategy team to determine what's the best way forward for them. Mm -hmm. So I direct a lot of people that way. But I will never just say, that's it, you know, the road for your theater making ends here. I'm always trying to at least point people in the right direction so they can take the next step, whatever that next step is. That is awesome. Now, Theater Maker Studio, is it, when is the next one? It's, you're talking about the conference. Oh, the, con the, the, the summit? Yeah. Summit? The is summit. that what you called? The, yeah. Yes. The Theater Maker Studio has a yearly conference called the Theater Maker Summit. Um, this year's will be happening in the spring of 23. 
Great. Um, but the Theater Maker Studio is, again, like a masterclass.com like community, but solely about theater. So Kenny Leon has a masterclass. Jack Bertel has a masterclass. Amber Amon has a masterclass. Telly Leung has a masterclass. And then we put people together and have all sorts of resources and documents and you know, how to improve social media for your show, how to invite people to a reading, how to have a successful workshop, all sorts of things. So when people have questions, we can say they're all right here. That's so incredible. And that's sort of my whole point about this podcast is I don't think people necessarily know where to look for resources. And this is a free way, having this podcast on Broadway Podcast Network, where there are so many different podcasts just to open up an episode and chances are you will learn something about yourself in relationship to the industry and going, I didn't know I needed that, but I'm so glad that I heard the name ABC and I checked out their website. Next thing you know, I'm taking their classes. And that's what I'm, I'm so glad that we're talking about the theater makers summit and the, you know, the theater maker studio because Resources. It's all about resources. And so many people don't know where to start in the theater industry. You know, it's, it's, um, I think colleges are moving more towards an accessible place. It's still very expensive to even audition for colleges. Um, there are colleges that don't go to unifieds. There are colleges that make you go to them. And, you know, if you're in Texas and you want to go to a school in North Carolina and they're like, you have to audition here if you that's so expensive for that person that that eliminates so many people from being able to audition alone plus the common app plus the literal expenses and that there's that gatekeepery aspect of the theater that we're i think you and i and so many other people are trying to dismantle by creating these opportunities so with the theater maker studio and the summit what incredible like have you seen like what success stories have you experienced like what's a oh, moment that you're tons. like that that's why i do that tons jonathan hogg the creator of stranger uh, stranger sings the like he's someone who came through the studio um americano the musical that went to off broadway last i fall. loved that, was, that show yeah that was someone the producer that's someone i worked with closely over the last several years we have tons of people who have been in so many people, NAMT, NIMF, like all over. Things have gotten licensed, people have gotten agents, won awards, like all sorts of stuff. And they they just make more theater. Some people mm -hmm. are in their own backyard, their local theater does it, some people in New York, some all over the world. It's it's been it's been amazing. And yeah, I'm a big proponent of having you know, I, that's why I started my blog back in mm -hmm. two thousand and eight I started that thing. Um, to provide people with information because when I was out there, you know, I, obviously I'm a couple generations uh, earlier when I was like, you know, there was nowhere to get the information. Nowhere. The Internet didn't really exist like it exists now, of course. So I vowed when I achieve some level of success, I'm going to start putting stuff out there mm -hmm. for everybody. And there will be a ton of it that's available just if you Google it. So that's what the blog and the podcast and all the things are. And then, yes, we'll have membership and we'll have coaching and, and all the things. And you're so right about just like putting on a podcast or joining a mastermind group or taking a course because I'm here right now. Every success I've ever had is because of one thing that Hal Prince said to me years ago. 
one thing. All that's all it takes. That's why I read so much. I listen to podcasts. I join groups. I take like go to summits myself and seminars and get coaches because I know the right one thing could change my entire life. What was that thing that he said? It was so simple. So I went into his office and I um, I had read this article. He wrote a very famous article in the 90s about how there were no more creative producers. There were only check writers. And he was mm -hmm. so looking for, basically what he was saying is, I'm looking for multi-hyphenates. I yeah. don't want a finance person. I want right. someone who's creative that can also raise money and blah, blah, blah. And I said, I was working on um, Candide at the time, uh, the revival that he was directing. I worked with him three times as an assistant company manager. And I said, Hal, I, this is who I want to be. This is who, can I talk to you about this? And he said, yes, not right now. I'm teching act two of Candide, but come to my office. And he was very good about this. There's a whole generation of us, you know, who mm -hmm. he saw something in and he invited us to his office and I sat down with him and I pitched him every idea I ever had for a show. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, which had not been done yet. Um, and uh, Mole People, which was a musical about the homeless population in New York City based on a book, a probably a horrible idea for a musical, but I pitched it. Um, <laughs> and in the middle of it, he stopped me and said, Ken, do you remember the first show I ever produced? And I said, no, because a lot of people don't know before. Hal is the ultimate multi-hyphenate. He mm -hmm. was a producer before he was a director. Yeah. And he produced, he said, I produced the pajama game. Don't come out of the box trying to produce West Side Story, Ken. That was my third mm -hmm. show. Just produce anything, something. I don't mm -hmm. care what it is. Start doing something now. And you'll see where it leads. And mm -hmm. I went home that day and I started work on a very small show that I had the idea from years before called The Awesome 80s Prom that frankly I had tucked away and never done because I didn't think it was important enough. Mm. I didn't think mm. it was West Side Story. I wanted to produce Les Mis. I wanted to do massive things. And what Hal said to me is, you will, but only if you start doing something small now and learning and getting an investor base and making marketing mistakes and doing things yourself. And on that show, I did, did it all. I was the group sales agent, the director, the writer, everything, general manager. And that changed my life because if it wasn't for that first show, I wouldn't have done Alter Boys, which was my second. I wouldn't have done my uh. first time, which was my third. I wouldn't have started raising money. I had investor base and done the Broadway shows and had the courage and eventually to get to lead producing it was seven years later before I first led uh, was the lead producer on a Broadway show, and that was Godspell. I loved Alter Boy so much. I saw it when I was 14 years old in 2005, <laughs> and I felt so edgy and cool. I was like, I'm seeing this fierce-ass off-Broadway new musical. I went back down to Florida where I grew up and I told everyone about it and I was like, yeah, I saw Alter Boys. Like, I wore that with such pride. I I loved it. And Ryan Duncan, yeah. who I saw on that show, is a now dear friend of mine and I, I just love that because I love how the industry works in that way. Yeah, listen, Ryan Duncan is one of my people. He is one of my mm -hmm. performer muses. Yeah. In that I will never forget his audition for Alter Boys. Never forget it. And of course, his performance was amazing. And then I've used him in about seven shows. Um, yeah. 
and you know very famously he was in getting the band back together if any mm -hmm. of you saw that like he had a moment in the second act that brought the house down that he created entirely himself like he just improvised that thing to life so and he's brilliant. doing he's doing joy for me right now oh amazing yeah um that's so exciting i can't wait to see him do titanique and um yeah i think ryan is ryan you know is a two-time client and friend and and i i just think that is one of those people uh he is one of those people that is fearless and and you have to carry that industry that that energy with you into the industry no matter no matter where you are no matter who you are whether or not it's as a producer whether or not it's as an actor whether or not it's as a photographer you have to have that energy and that effervescence and that light with you and also and stay as present as ryan does when he creates something as when he's in something when he's communicating with an audience i just think he's absolutely brilliant and i'm so glad that you feel the same way judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy the Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hey, I'm Laquette, and I've been a Broadway artist for almost 20 years. And when you've been in the biz as long as I have, you quickly realize that not every room is welcoming. Having experienced too many disrespectful moments to count, I wondered, what if what I wore had the power to connect me with other artists without saying a word? That question led me to create a message apparel line that will empower artists towards enlightening dialogue for our spaces. Go to geared.byfearlessyoungartist.com and use multi-10 to choose the message that inspires conversation. Now, what about, okay, so we're talking about information. We're talking about making sure that we are present and accessible, all that good stuff. Now, I have another question. What about too much information, too much accessibility to the point where there's misinformation that's spreading? Because here's, 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 uh, here's the tea. Okay. I was scrolling through TikTok and I watched this video, this this girl, I, I do not know her name. I do not know who this was, but they said that they were a part of the theater industry. And it was a young person. And I remember researching them, and I think they're like a college kid. And they were talking about a show on Broadway and the problems with the show on Broadway and how um, they mentioned a certain person's... Uh, parents investing in the show and she goes and they're not even broadway investors and i went that's literally misinformation mm -hmm. because you don't have to be accredited to be a broadway producer and 
anyone can invest in a Broadway show. There's no label that is a Broadway investor because doctors invest in Broadway shows. Dentists invest in Broadway shows. Photographers invest in Broadway shows. I've invested in a Broadway show, but I don't label myself as a Broadway investor. And there are videos that are happening like that often. And that's literal misinformation. And that creates a Tasmanian devil effect of of he said, she said, they said. And what do we do in response to that? Because that creates a whole other issue. Yeah, it's a very, look, that's, especially on social media, and it's not just the theater industry, look at vaccines and look at all of it that we've dealt with over the past several years. And what I've found is that it is very difficult to get into the debate with anyone about, hey, that's not right. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. I know it's right. No, it's not. Yes, like that doesn't help. Mm -hmm. Because frankly, when people put things out, they believe in it. Right. They believe it. And they've made a public statement that they believe it. Yeah. So it's hard to it's hard to change people's minds. So right. um, I don't really engage in that kind of what I do is this. I just try to put out the best information I have and all. The, and like, I just believe that what we can do, whatever subject you have great information about, whether it's vaccines, whether when you just keep putting out good stuff. Keep yeah. putting out inf- great information, factual information, positive, inspiring, educational information. And hopefully that will just dwarf like per- the percentage of good versus miss. Yeah. Because the person may not realize even that it's misinformation. Look, when I was in, so predating social media, I have a like real soft spot for anyone that's on any social media mm-hmm. as a younger person passionate about Broadway including Mm -hmm. regardless of what they're saying, to be honest, Mm -hmm. because I was one of them. Yeah, so So was I. When when I was 18 years old in 1990, (laughs) there was no, there was Prodigy and CompuServe, and most of us got our, if you were on the internet, and very few of us were, but I was a very geeky, like early adopter computer kid. I love it. I was on my college at the time, Johns Hopkins University, university internet access and what we did back then was there were bulletin boards electronic bulletin boards and there was one called rec.arts.theater.newsgroup. like that's where that was the all that chat of the day and but you had to be a very specific like computer person to do that i like remember posts i wrote that like if I read them now, I would be so embarrassed because yeah. like they were, I didn't know any, I didn't know as much as I know now, but I was so passionate and look, I, I kept up with it. So of course. I of met, course. I met, by the way, I met Jeff Marks of Avenue Q fame yeah. on that news group. It's amazing. Yeah. Hey, so, we, us Broadway geeks, we find our ways. Yes, we find and, our tribe. And I was that same way. I was on the Wicked fan board, the Wicked on Broadway 24.proboards.com, I think is what it was. And my screen name was I Fly with Elfie. And um, we all wrote, you know, fan fiction with like what happens after Wicked and things like that. And we used to trade bootlegs. Like I used to trade audios of Shoshana and Eden and Anna Gassire. Like, so like it was the end of middle school into the beginning of high school and it took up my life but it was yeah. one way 
that I could stay connected to the industry in a very like harmless it's it's a harmless way and the intention is good but my my wish for everyone that wants to be a part of the theater industry is that like on social media if you are sharing industry videos make sure that it is make sure that you ask yourself what the intention of it is Mm -hmm. and make sure that they are factual because that can because then people that are actually you know you have a very specific point of view of it you're like great i love that let's you know keep keep you know publishing those videos keep posting those videos but there are people that are on the other side that are like no that's 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 actually i find it harmful because of a b and c and i'm just i I, my wish is that anyone those broadway fans that don't want to step on any toes and they don't want to uh upset anyone make sure it's factual and make sure that there's good intention behind it because you never know who's watching those videos yeah positive i think that's such a good way to Listen, it's how we treat our, how we should treat ourselves and let us just go out with positive intention. That's such a great way to think about it. And just, uh, yeah, not, positive intention. That's great. And I don't, you know, I also don't throw stones. Like I just don't, yeah. believe, it's like, what, what's the point? Just go out and, and do what you want to do and be positive about it and try to, again, put good energy out into the world and that will be infectious. I do completely agree with you, though, in saying, like, you just have to keep doing good work yourself, and then it will hopefully drown out all of that noise. But my word, there are times where I just want to do response (laughs) videos that are like, y'all better shut up. (laughs) But I just say it to my fiance, or I scream into a pillow, or I talk to my puppy, or my friends that are on the same page. We vent about it for a second, and then we move on. And I think that's probably the healthier route. Exactly. Because you don't want to soup to that level as well, you know? So focus. I always say, like, you could take whatever time you were going to do responding or getting angry or worrying and put that into making a new show. Like, put that into creating something new, doing another headshot, headshot session, marketing yourself. Do it like, which is going to pay off for you in the long run? That. Exactly. Exactly, 100%. I couldn't agree with you more. And that's the whole thing about multi-hyphenating is that you're aware of the things that it takes to use it as an outlet where you go, all right, you know what? I think if I'm worrying about this, that means I have a little too much time on my hands and maybe I should start reading some scripts. Where can I find them? Or, all right, there's this project I have in my back pocket. Who can I talk about investing or being a producer and start forming a team? You have those... um, tools and you have that outlet which is what is really important about multi-hyphenating is that at any time you are able to create something and you have the resources to do so that's the that's really what the foundation of multi-hyphenating is and you know i want to talk about joy for a second because you wrote the book for joy and are you also producing as well i am yeah what okay let's that to me is the definition of multi-hyphenating it's when you are combining your multiple hyphens not in a multitasking sort of way but in a uh but but um taking each hyphen creating the boundaries between them where it's a healthy schedule sometimes you are actively switching between them within 30 seconds but how has it been writing a show that you are also producing? What have you learned? What's been surprisingly great? What's been stressful? Talk to me about it. 
So I've done this before, you know, I've done it with my off-Broadway shows when I was coming up and mm -hmm. um, my first time in the awesome 80s prom. And, mm -hmm. you know, I started producing, the funny thing is I, I, I was a writer before I was a producer since I was a little kid. I started producing because I couldn't find a producer to produce my stuff, mm. right? If I hadn't produced the awesome 80s prom, I wouldn't <clears throat> be on this podcast right now. Right. right? I, if I hadn't produced Alter Boys, which was an idea I came up with with my buddy Mark Kessler back in the day, I wouldn't be here. Like I just said, okay, we've got a great idea. Let's get it written. And now what do I do next? Oh, I'll just put it up. So, you know, then I, I just started enjoying producing. So I started producing more, but the writing was always been a thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I fell in love with the Joy Project. It was pitched to me. Um, my partner, Sandy Moran, found it through a relationship she had with, um, with Joy herself. And I started to, and I was like, this is about an entrepreneur. This is about someone with a dream who creates something and then makes it happen. This mm -hmm. is something that I might like to do. And then in my conversations with Joy, she saw something I had done and she said to me, you're going to write this, aren't you? And I said, yeah, I, I think I am, if you're okay with that. And she said, yeah, I, I want it. And I did a draft. And whenever I'm a multi-hyphenate, I think the most important thing to do is be very objective. Right. Mm -hmm. So I always say to myself, I'm going to do this. And if ever there's someone else that I think could be better, do this more like I'll take a step back. I'm happy to do it. Um, and we I did a first draft with my uh, collaborator, Anne-Marie Malazzo. We performed it. Her I'm reading all the characters and Anne-Marie singing all the parts in Joy's house. Like that was the first step to get it approved. She loved it. Her family loved it. And on we went. So it's about being very objective with your own work, getting feedback from other people. Um, and it's, um, look, I, I strangely lately have been thinking that rather than like dividing, like I'm a producer, I'm, a, I'm just a, that's why we came up with the name for the studio. I'm just a theater maker. Yeah. We've all got one goal, to make the show the best it can be. If someone wants to give me, if the choreographer wants to say, Ken, I've got an idea for a line in act two, I'm like, great. If the stage manager says my friend has a marketing idea or wants to invest, I'm like, great, let's, we are, the theater is a collaborative art form. Mm -hmm. And the, the hierarchies that, I was talking about some of this with actors last night in vacation, this old fashioned hierarchy of like, there's the producer, there's the writer, there's, the, it's, I just think it's bullshit. And I, I, I'm very happy to see that these pillars that we put each, like are just crumbling down. We're all on the same level. Mm -hmm. We just all want the one thing to just make theater. No one is in this business to get rich. Nobody. Yeah. Nobody. If like, you're in this business to get rich, then I have a rude, rude awakening come, not, coming it for can you. Hap it can happen. And sure. wouldn't that be great? Because the irony is I want my shows to make money. You know why I want my shows to make money? So my investors invest mm -hmm. in my next show that to your point, <laughs> hires more actors, hires more writers, allows me to do more adventurous stuff with new writers and diverse writers and people who have never gotten a shot before. Like that's what happens when you have commercial success. I'm yeah. not doing it because I want a second house. Like, yeah. sure, that may, I listen, someday I hope I can put my daughter in a lake, but yeah. like, <laughs> that's not why I'm doing it. I just want to spend the rest of my life making theater. And what I know is everyone in those rooms that I put people in, the more, the more time we realize that everyone's in the same place, we just want to make theater. I think we respect each other more and more great work happens.
it's sort of the producer's version of the actor going, you're never auditioning for the actual show that you're auditioning for. It's like you're always thinking of the next project being like, I want to make my produce. And also, if you are finding success, if you're making money off the show that you're producing, that means people are seeing it. That means you are finding that success. It's double the success. Not only are you working with the definition of success that you established before of creating with people, um, you know, that in bringing joy to each other, but you're also bring, you're finding out how to successfully bring that to the audience, which is what theater is made for. So you have success. Yeah. That's the, I always say that a goal of every producer should be twofold. Mm Mm-hmm. The mission, my mission is to get the show to run as long as possible. Because yeah. if it runs a long time, A, my investors have a better chance of getting their money back, and B, my author's message has a better chance of being heard by more people. Right. That's it. Both, both sides are served by the long-running show, so that's my goal. Well, Ken, this has been absolutely incredible. For those of you that are around in December and want to see some fabulous regional theater as well as an out-of-town tryout see joy which is at the george street playhouse and that is running from december 7th to december 30th of this year 2022 ken is not only writing the book but he is also producing the show and i can't wait to see it and you can head to georgestreetplayhouse.org to buy tickets and um I'm so, so happy that you came on the podcast today, Ken. We got to have some conversation that I've never really gotten to have before. And I'm just so excited about opening up doors to make sure that young producers can at least plant the seeds of going, I never asked myself that, or I didn't know I could do that. I think my my goal of this podcast is for at, at the end of every episode, someone going, hmm, I didn't know I could do that. Awesome. It's a great podcast, and I'm very thankful that you are out there helping to inspire all those people. So thanks for having me on. Thanks, my friend. Where can we find you on social media? Uh, best place on social is Instagram, and it's Ken Davenport B-Way. And there's lots of free tips and advice and thoughts, and you can connect with me there. Or just go to my website, kendavenport.com. It's got lots of stuff for you. Sounds wonderful. And break legs with your out-of-town tryout, Griswold Family Vacation. It sounds amazing. If you're out in Seattle, go see it. If not, see it on Broadway soon. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Follow Dear Multi-Hyphenate on Instagram or at the Michael Kushner on Instagram. And if you want to come on the podcast or you want to nominate someone to come on the podcast, head to dearmultihyphenate.com. Submit there. Also, thank you so much to Broadway Podcasts Network. Kim, who was my uh, producer of today's episode, thank you for being here. You're also wonderful. Mwah! Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.